Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Takoon Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today is my OG co-host, Ryan Whitfield. Hey Ryan, how's it going? Good, how are you? Not too bad. So I, I kind of previewed this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the intro today because we have so much to talk about. But I previewed this a little bit in the pre-show. You know, the Emmy was on at the same time with the wild card game this weekend, uh, and it's amazing to me the kind of distribution of viewership here. The Emmys actually hit a new low of 4.3 million viewers. Any any thoughts on how many people decided to watch the Eagles and Buccaneers game? No, I'll just say on the Emmys, uh, Tim Robinson won an Emmy for best uh, sitcom year or short sketch comedy, whatever category it was, and uh uh, if, if you know, you know. Uh, that, uh, uh, I think you should be. It is the best and funniest show uh, out there right now. Oh, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, but that being said, the uh, Monday night finale, Eagles and Buccaneers, actually had 28.6 million viewers compared to the 4.3 that tuned in for the Emmys. I mean, 28.6 for a wild card game uh, compared to just 4.3 million for the Emmys. That is phenomenally different. <laughs> Unbelievable. And actually, the Peacock-only streaming game, Chiefs and Dolphins, had 23 million viewers, which is shocking to me. Uh, I didn't think there would be so many viewers for the Peacock-only streaming game, which, by the way, I think is a mistake. It should actually be open to everybody. I don't, I don't believe in this kind of, like, let's lock it down for streaming only. Any thoughts on that Peacock-only streaming game between the Chiefs and the Dolphins? How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I think... I think, A, that, uh, I got three points on it. Uh, one, I hear you about being frustrated that it's streaming only, um, but, you know, uh, no one can stop the march of evolution or whatever they say, right? So we can be mad about it. We can fight against it. it it's not going away. Uh, uh, this, is, this is the way the world has seen it in a couple uh, NHL games, NBA games, NFL games. Thursday right. night, you can only get on Prime. This is, this is how it's going. That's one. Two. Because it's streaming, I feel like people get more mad about it. And I think the other sportsmen of reference have always been this way. But right. essentially, I paid six bucks to watch that game, and now I'll catch up because I haven't had Peacock for several months. I'll catch up on uh, the hell is a show with Kevin Costner. Why am I drawing a blank on it right now? Um, <laughs> Something on NBC, apparently. <laughs> Yellowstone. No, Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. Uh, okay, on, gotcha. It's on, on the premium. Uh, so I'll right. catch up on Yellowstone. They paid six, six bucks to do that. I once dropped a hundred bucks to watch Manny Pacquiao and, and Floyd Mayweather dance around each other back in 2015 uh, for, right. for ten rounds. I remember that. So like, you know, so again, whether whether it's uh, wrestling, uh, UFC, or boxing, I mean, the pay pay per view model has been there for a long time. So there's that. See, and this is the one part which actually did crawl right up my backside is during that entire first game uh, yeah. of Wild Card Weekend, they kept pitching to me. Uh, all of us on the on the commercials that tune in for this historic event for the first time ever. <laughs> I hate that. Like, don't 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 piss on my head and tell me it's raining. Don't don't try to don't try to tell me that I'm getting to be a part of something. Like you want my six right. bucks, that's fine. Just but be on the surface about it. 
say we're doing right. this because we can make more money. And the NFL is always trying to figure out how to make more money. The streaming services want to make more money. That's capitalism. Deal with it. Okay, that's yep. fine. Straightforward. Don't try to act like I'm watching the moon landing and like this is something I'm gonna, you know, have my grandchildren sitting on my lap in 20 years. Hey, remember years that time the that time they streamed that it only on the Peacock? Only streaming game. Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, you are absolutely right. That's exactly how I feel about it. But hey, let's just move on and talk about the actual games themselves. Hopefully, they don't all become streaming, and that some of them will become will stay publicly available. But anyway, well, on tap, we'll discuss takeaways from the Wild Card Weekend, our preview and predictions for all the divisional playoff games, and so much more. Let's get rolling. All right, let's start with those divisional – let's start with those wild card weekend games first because, uh, man, um, I don't know about you. I was pretty bored through most of the wild card weekend games. There's only a handful of them that I really enjoyed watching. But I'm going to – I'll hold off for now, and let's just stop by – we'll start by walking through them starting with the Browns at the Texans, which was on Saturday. Um, that was the first game of the wild card weekend. Browns ended up winning 14 to 45. I mean, sorry, the Texans ended up winning 45 to 14. Uh, big shocker there. I think we both thought the Texans were going to win here, but we didn't think it was going to be this big. So what are your thoughts here? What's your takeaway from the Browns at Texans game? The Texans, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think the takeaway is is that uh, it felt like on one side or the other that water was going to find its level. Uh, rookie quarterbacks do not historically play well uh, in the playoffs, and I don't think they've ever had one make the Super Bowl. I think that's uh, I think right. I for that being the stat. Um, so you know, it, so we got that on one side, and then on the other side, you had a team that survived a bunch of injuries and was really stands a quarterback. The Flacco story's been fun uh, and interesting, but you know. It, you know, it, it could have been it could have been a good game, but I think also there was a chance that one of the two sides we were gonna, uh, like I said, water was gonna find its level. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately for the Browns, that was in the uh, in the form of Joe Flacco uh, just absolutely melting down uh, in the right. in the middle part of that game. So, um, yeah, to, to your point earlier, not a very entertaining weekend in terms of the quality of the games, and and that was notwithstanding in this game. However, for those of us, which I think are a lot of us in the NFL uh, fan group right now. Especially people like you and I don't have a team in here with Sudanbro best in interest right now. Right, uh, that's right. CJ Stroud's an exciting thing uh, player to watch right now. Uh, yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Texans is an exciting thing going on. And uh, D'Amico Ryan's, is, you know, they got they got a lot of cool, interesting pieces. Uh, Nico Collins is establishing himself as a legit uh, number one option in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and they, and they went out there and they did the thing. And we said it last week on the podcast. More than anything, I'm a CJ Stroud fan. I just wanted to see that he was not that the moment was not too big for him. I think he went above and beyond proving that it was not. <laughs> I agree. Now, of course, the the back to back pick sixes by Joe Flacco in the third quarter made this much worse than it actually is. In the first half, actually, it was kind of close. I mean, it was 14 to 24. There was a point in time where the Browns were winning 14 to 10. So it was semi entertaining in the first half. You're right; it was a complete meltdown after that. But man, CJ Stroud. I mean. In regular season, first rookie to ever lead the NFL in passing yards per game, first ever. One of three quarterbacks to ever lead the NFL in passing yards per game and TD to interception ratio in the same season. The only other two players to do this in the history of the NFL, Tom Brady and Joe Montana. I think you've heard of those guys before. And, of course, now the youngest starting quarterback to ever get a playoff win in the NFL. I mean, this is, uh, he's, this is some rare air 
that C.J. Stroud's in. And Nico Collins, like you said, is fantastic. I just wish Tank Dell was healthy because this could be uh, really, really fun going into next week. We'll talk about their matchup coming up in a second. Let's move on to the next game, though. Let's talk about the Dolphins at Chiefs, the aforementioned Peacock-only streaming game where the Chiefs managed to just blow the doors off the Dolphins 26-7. to Tell me, what do you think here? What's your takeaway for this game? I don't excuse me. I don't have a big takeaway because this is kind of what I said was going to happen last week. I mean, and I'm not making excuses because I don't think the Dolphins played particularly well, um, but they are, uh, you know, uh, a team that's really banged up across the board right now. So I don't think that even in I don't think in ideal conditions they were going to compete in this game. Um, so. Excuse me. That's one takeaway uh, for me was just that it kind of kind of went the way I thought it would go. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, in terms of, of, of kind of a bigger level takeaway that I saw um, was was the the Bills game getting uh, postponed, um, and then this game, which was obviously absolutely freezing. Uh, you know, that, that started the same argument that's been happening over the last five to ten years, which is really all you. Gen Z and Gen Alpha annoying football fans who uh, are obsessed with replay and statistics and analytics and all stuff that to some level, I think, is, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not a boomer. So I think has a place in football, but we're gone to the other far now, of, you know, uh, again, we've seen a bunch of tweets that this is, what, this, this is not, these are not football conditions. This is why games should be played in domes. And no, that's what makes football amazing and incredible yeah. and the best sport to me is that football, first of all, is the most strategic and, and tactical game there is. Right. Uh, second of all, it is the one where you need to have a well-rounded team that can play in tons of different environments. That's what, again, that's what makes football football. Um, yeah. So I'm not here for that argument, and I will say, you could see on the players' faces who was ready for that temperature and who was not, and and the Chiefs yeah. just were built for that. And and you know, and I'm and I'm sorry, I'm also not going to listen to this like, well, they're from Miami, and there's no way Kurt Warner had a whole thing this weekend. I don't know if you saw this where he said, there's no way to prepare for that. You can prepare for the heat and stuff like that, like. Well, no, you can build your roster, you know, and, and make sure you target guys who come from cold weather, but, you know, target sure, kids who sure. grew up in the Northeast and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Midwest and, and, and yeah. get guys from the Big Ten. And well, the Tyreek Hill is ready. He wore short stuff, sleeves. Right? He was dynamic. Ty- Tyreek was fine. Tua, yeah. on the other hand, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> one, of my, one of my buddies uh, texted to the group chat and goes, how many freaking layers is that guy wearing right now? Because you, you could see it. Like, I mean, he's, he was... It looked like a little roly poly out there. He's, yeah. he's so puffed out because he had twenty freaking layers on. It was he just, and, and, and so, a down sorry, jacket. No, that he is, wore a down jacket on the field. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, I think it is part of the game, and I think I think that Dolphins seems a little soft. And and if yeah. they're going to get better and go where they, so I think the big takeaway everyone has is Tua can't do it. Two of this, two of that. Like I think if they're healthy, that Tua can be good enough to to get to a Super Bowl. I don't know if win one, but I mean, Goff got to the Super Bowl. But I think across yeah. the board, they're a little soft, and they were hurt. So that, that's a dangerous combo going into Arrowhead uh, in that kind of condition. Yeah, I totally agree. And, of course, the Dolphins, as we sent, mentioned last week, 0-10 and 10 for games that uh, t- had starting temperatures at 40 degrees or less. This makes it 11 straight losses in games where temperatures are 40 degrees or less. Of course, this was much worse than that. This was minus 4, the uh, fourth coldest game on history. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. The Dolphins weren't ready, and they had a lot of injuries on defense, obviously. Uh, Javon Holland and Xavier Howard were both inactive. Even Deshaun Elliott was out in the fourth quarter. I mean, there was a lot of injuries on defense. I'm not giving this, saying this as an excuse for the Miami Dolphins, but they just definitely did not show up for that. So it'll be much more interesting to see what happens. 
next week. So let's go ahead and turn on to the next game here. That's on Sunday. This was a little bit surprising to me. Packers at Cowboys, and the Cowboys eviscerated. I mean, the Packers won 48-32, to but don't let the score fool you. The Packers were destroying them for three quarters. The 16 points that Cowboys scored in the fourth quarter were absolutely meaningless. So what are your takeaway here? What's your takeaway here for the Packers and Cowboys? Well, first I'll come on and I'll just, you know, lead off with, with some accountability. I sat here on the show last week and mocked uh, people who were saying that the, that the Packers had a lot of young playmakers and they'd really turned a corner down the stretch, obviously being in the market that I'm in in the Northeast. Um, I don't get a lot of Packers games. You know, I, I right. think clips on red zone and stuff like that for the most part. Um, so I didn't give them their due credit. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, what it would look like. And it looked really, really good. Um, yeah. I'll get to the other side of it because I think, you know, in, in most situations, both sides have to be complicit for, for games to go that way. Um, yeah. But, but I just want to start off by giving the flowers that, that the Packers deserve and that Jordan Love deserves and that, that young that young group of, of, of players uh, deserves. Um, yeah. And I thought I thought really obviously I think the, the stats bear it up. Romeo Dobbs like was just unbelievable in that game, uh, yep. torching uh, Dallas. Uh, so that's on that end. Uh, I guess my middle point uh, would be that shame on me for for falling for the Cowboys uh, bait again. Um, and then third tier, I mean, yeah, we can put some of this on on Dak Prescott. Uh, for sure, and he's not been good in these games. But can we give this guy a real freaking coach? Like, <laughs> Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. Like, yeah. like Mike McCarthy is uh, – he's Bruce Arians, you know, 2.0. Sometimes I look at the lot of you, all you NFL fans, and uh, yep. the, the same group of people who sat here throughout this year saying, like, all oh, people in New England are crazy thinking Bill Belichick's going to get fired. I'm like, what are you people watching? What right. are you guys watching with Mike McCarthy? He won a Super Bowl in 2010 with one of the greatest quarterbacks of the history of football in his prime, loaded with weapons across the offensive side of the ball. Like, yeah. and, then, and, a, and a pretty decent amount of playmakers. Uh, cause I think DJ Raji was still there at that point. You got Clay Matthews. I mean, like, that Packers team was loaded. I could have coached yeah. him to a title. So, like, Mike McCarthy <laughs> sucks. He's always sucked. The offensive coordinators have been overrated in Dallas the last couple of years. There's a ton of talent on that side. They make a ton of plays. They need real coaching. They need real institution. They need they need a real big change on that side. So, you know, again, we did all that pregame, not pregame, but pre-weekend uh, analysis on the show last yeah. week. Right. And I forgot the most important point, which is uh, Mike McCarthy is the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> well, you know, this is funny because, you know, obviously I personally hate the Packers being a Bears fan, and I've watched a lot of Packers games um, in my time. And I hate to say it because they had Brett Favre and then they had Aaron Rodgers. And now they have Jordan Love, and he looks like the real deal. I didn't want to believe it. But, you know, I think the thing that makes him good is not only his pressure, you know, his ability to, to, to set up and scan the field, go through his progressions under an extreme amount of uh, pressure uh, in his face, but target basically everyone on the field. Now, the, the funny thing about it is that you mentioned Romeo Dobbs. Six receptions, 151 yards on a touchdown. You know how many times he's had six receptions or more this season? One time. Back in September yeah. 28th, he had against the Lions, he had nine receptions. Other than that, he's been four, three receptions. You know the last time he had 151 yards receiving? Never. You know, <laughs> before this, we were all talking about Jaden Reed, uh, Dontavian Wicks, maybe even Christian Watson coming back. Hey, we were talking about Tucker Kraft. 
as tight end being a better receiving option than Romeo Dobbs. Also, Romeo Dobbs comes out and leads the Packers to this win. It just shows you how good Jordan Love actually is. And I hate to say that. It really does make me feel horrible to say that anything nice about the Packers, but they deserve it. They actually they took this, and they won it, and they took care of business. And the Cowboys, man, that defense. I don't know what was going on back there, but they started playing zone, and they should have gone to man. <laughs> I don't know what was happening over there. It was a disaster. Anyway, let's go on to the next game here. That is the Rams at the Lions. This is the, probably, to me, was the most entertaining game of the weekend. The Lions pull it out 24-23. to 23. Uh, What are your thoughts here on the Rams at the Lions? Well, first of all, this game was extremely painful for me to watch. Uh, I'll just give a quick 30-second backstory that no one cares about, but I want to say. <laughs> okay. um, seven people, primary people in my family that decided to do a pool where we got randomly assigned teams and then 20 bucks buy-in whatever team, you know, if one of your two teams wins the Super Bowl, you won, you won the whole pool. Okay. Um, my, my sister somehow drew uh, the, the, the Ravens and the 49ers. Wow. That and I got lucky you. enough to draw the Lions and the Rams. So she came oh. out of the league. Guaranteed, we went into the league guaranteed she was going to have two players or two teams, right. and I was only going to have one. Uh, with right. that said, I had more faith in the Lions right now than I do the Rams, uh, as, as well as, as the Rams playing that game. Um, but yeah, so a bit painful for me to watch, honestly, but the Lions is the team I was hoping was going to take it. So yeah. And, uh, and we did talk got, about that. We had some doubts about the Lions being able to take this. Uh, and we were like, Oh, we're going to bet with our heart here and go with the Lions. Turned out that that was the right bet, but it was close. It was really darn yeah, close. Our, our doubts are still legit though, because, uh, there's, uh, there's a thing about the Lions where you just can't, and I'm not talking the historical Lions. I mean, just the 2023 iteration of the Lions where like, They've had a couple no-show games, and the part that's going to get lost in all this, and they made a great uh, – Goff made a great completion there at the end of the game to ice it and, you know, made the plays that they needed to. But they got the 24 points, what, in the first 35 minutes of that game or whatever? So I know they yeah. scored three in the second half, but I think it was one of their first two possessions, if I can remember correctly now, that they mm-hmm. scored the field goal in the, in the second half. So, I mean, they just – didn't do anything down the stretch of that game, and they were letting the Rams claw their way back in, and, and you know a couple of huge by by the by the Lions to, to just keep you know keep the Rams from doing just enough to what they needed to do to win that game. Um, so the Lions still scare me because they're still capable of kind of going belly up out of nowhere. Uh, right. And so uh, whether it's a game, a half as it was in this one, whatever. But overall, I mean, the Lions is just a fun story. I, I don't know if you've seen the the locker room video. Uh, with the yeah, I did, of course. The game ball to the yeah Great. to the to the GM, and then giving one to Goff, and Goff's whole speech after that, and it's just emotional. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's, it's all terrific. great. Great it's story. Two, it really is. The two things I will say on the negative side, because it wouldn't be me if I don't point out some negatives. Yeah. One, the NFL can stop with the give they give a crap about uh, the head trauma stuff because we saw Matt Stafford's eyes roll into the back of his head. Um, as he was just staring up at the sky on that hit late in that game and got to stay in the yeah. game, uh, which actually started a, a, a – I don't know if it was one that got recycled that just resurfaced or whatever, but I just saw this clip from a podcast with Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola talking about how they used to have a system where if one of them got smoked on a punt return, the other one would run out to them and pick them up and be like, hey, hey, you good, you good? And then he'd come back too, you know, coming out of the, the days of the concussion. And sure. would, he would start – and they would start telling each other, Hey, it's Sunday, you know, October 26th. It's 2 p.m. We're in Foxborough, and uh, and grab your ankle, grab your ankle to make it look like that's what hurts. And they right. tend to have like a different injury, and that's why they got up slow. 
go off and get evaluated to be able to answer all the questions because they just prepped each other and stuff. Right. There, there's all the stuff these players are doing to get around it. Uh, yeah. I don't even get into the idea, the fact of too about protecting, you know, the legs over the head after a couple of the low hits we saw this weekend that were yeah, it was uh, a bad one. Violent, yeah. vicious. But so there's that. The other one, uh, and maybe it's good. Scott uh, is not here tonight, but. But for all, as fun as it is rooting for Detroit, rooting for that city, rooting for that fan base um, to finally get a win, rooting for that team who's, you know, a, kind of a bunch of misfit characters. Dan Campbell flamed out somewhere else. Jared Goff flamed out somewhere else. This whole thing yeah. is awesome, awesome, awesome. You boo Matt Stafford. We talked about this last week uh, going into it, saying that, like, there's no way they're going to boo him. You booed yeah. him. That was a bummer. He got traded. He got traded. He put everything into that franchise for all those years. But other yeah. guys like Barry Sanders and uh, and Calvin Johnson hung it up early, you know, quote unquote early because you know football's a violent sport and they didn't want to keep doing it for this team that wasn't putting a real team around them. Either the clip of Matt Stafford where he puts the shoulder back in place and throws a touchdown or left it out when he threw the touchdown, whatever it was, like that guy gave you everything. He didn't walk away. He was traded away, and you boot him. I mean, what, what could have just been a really really great night for them. Uh, kind of equated to Will Smith finally winning an Oscar on the same night he decides <laughs> to walk up there and smack Chris Rock. It's like, yeah, it that was a great. really great moment for you, but somehow you found a way to taint, you know, this night you've been waiting 30 years for. Um, yeah. I thought that was really classless and disappointing. And I'm not like a classless guy. I hate will do that. Like the, there's a video surfacing right now of an Eagles fan throwing popcorn at Nick Seriani, which I found hilarious, you know, <laughs> like whatever, that stuff's all funny, but boo a guy who did nothing to you. It's like when the, the Patriots fans years ago, Booed Adam Vinatieri when he came back to when he came back. Yeah, like, come coach. on, this guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy won you two Super Bowls. I'd probably relax. Yeah, everybody just take take a chill pill, y'all. And you know, Matt Stafford, obviously, eleven years uh, drafted by the Lions, put eleven years in there, and he played his heart out there. Uh, and like, he was traded away. You're right, and uh, I am I'm that is really a downer. But hey, listen, this is a big deal for the Lions. Last playoff win was 1992. Their running back was Barry Sanders at that time. They lost nine playoff games in a row. That's an NFL record. Uh, obviously, in 2008, they were 0-16. and That was terrible for them. This playoff game is the first they've had in 32 years. That's also an NFL record for longest time between playoff games. They will, for the first time in franchise history, have two home playoff games. They've never had two home playoff games in the same season before in their entire franchise. And to really drive the point home, this is only the second postseason win for the Lions since winning the 1957 NFL title, which is almost a decade before the first Super Bowl. So, you know, kudos to the Lions. It's, it just kind of sucks about Stafford. But, um, man, I, I am rooting for them. This is definitely a nice story for them. Let's move on to the next game here. This is the Steelers at the Bills. Not much to say about here. The Bills took care of business 31-17. to This was delayed, actually postponed from Sunday to Monday because of weather conditions. Uh, looked fine during the actual game. What are your thoughts here? What's your takeaway for Steelers-Bills? Yeah, I think the Steelers' number one chance in this game was it being played on uh, Sunday. In that yeah, weather. end of storm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, if anybody should have been upset, it was them. So that's unfortunate um, that that happened. I will say that I thought, and I'm not, and, and again, I'm just going to choose your words carefully because, you, you know, you, you do things that you call somebody overrated and people, you know, flip out and go, he doesn't jump all over you. <laughs> I didn't say stuff. I said he's overrated, which means if I think he's a B player, but everyone thinks he's an A player, then I think he's overrated. But neither here nor there. I'm not saying Mason Rudolph played well, but he, but he showed much better than I thought he was. So I'm not saying mm-hmm. Pittsburgh doubled down, Mason's your guy going forward. But I was actually pretty impressed from 
you know, what I'd seen from, from Mason in the, in the, in the past, uh, you know, years ago when he was first uh, starting there. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a positive sign for them. Um, and then, then I mean, we talked about going to the game, the defense without TJ Watt was not yeah. going to be able to hold them as well. Uh, nope. or hold them as well. Was not going to be able to hold, hold them at all. all. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, and, and there's a, there's a talent deficiency on that offense. So again, I thought they made it competitive enough. Um, I mean, I mean, far more competitive than the Cowboys actually like that game was a two score game late, but it was a real two score late. Unlike the, the Packers Cowboys yeah. one, which you referenced earlier, right? Where the game, right. Which was game quote unquote close, but it was garbage. Um, right. so, you know, I thought the Steelers showed well as they could have in that game, uh, which is going to go counter, uh, to, to my next point, but you know, I, I know a lot's made of the never have a losing season. I know there's some talent issues there, but. That's five straight playoff losses for Mike Tomlin. And I know yeah. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were in the way for a lot of those years uh, in the early part, the early 2010s. But you had, you know, some really good rosters. And you've only had one more year on his contract. Won. So I think there's some real – and I think he's feeling the heat. That's why he walked off that press conference after yeah, the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yesterday because, I mean, that's, there, there's real smoke there because, again – it doesn't mean he's not a good coach, but he might just benefit from a change. And actually, um, one of the, the guys who writes for uh, the, the Boston Sports Journal uh, here mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. Boston was saying today uh, that, you know, he needs a good fit would be Washington uh, yeah. for him. Because I guess Tomlin grew up uh, in that area, so he goes there, fresh start, new organization, kind of a historic organization. I think that'd be interesting to see. So. Yep. I'll be on that front. The other thing I want to bring up was just quickly the George Pickett freak out where he's slamming his helmet on the side. And yeah, I think people deciphered his looks for saying, like, we, or maybe even said it in the post game, but something about, like, we can't play the Bills and the rest at the same time. Like, come on. Like, what if they, the Steelers do two things well? They find really, really talented receivers, but they're all absolute head cases. From him <laughs> to whatever Deontay Johnson was doing earlier this year, you know, not blocking or even moving on plays to Juju and his dancing all over the field, to A.B. and his myriad of problems, and all of which, all these guys making uh, somehow Martavis Bryant and Plessico Burris and uh, Mike uh, Mike Wallace all look like normal, like well-behaved human beings. Like Outside of Emmanuel <laughs> right. Sanders and Heinz Ward, they can't find a single guy who can just go out there and perform and not oh, also be just a complete jackass. And I love George Pickens, but again, like, Bro, you thought the refs screwed you in this game. You, you, you guys were never competitive in this game. And right. not to mention, they really should have been down 21 nothing in the first quarter because how the hell they ruled uh, that fumble by uh, Hermuth, um went off his helmet while he was out of bounds. Like, I don't think the ball hit his helmet on that. That was another fumble. Yeah. So, so, that was... so arguably the biggest call of the game went your way and your mat in, in the post game. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I agree. And of course, the Bills. Let's, I won't. I won't touch on the Steelers anymore. I think we we hit. We've knocked them around a little bit, and uh, I think that's all. That's all warranted. Uh, as far as the Bills are concerned, they took care of business. First time ever, two different tight ends caught a touchdown in a single quarter of a playoff game. Both Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid did that in the first quarter. Josh Allen managed to throw for three touchdown passes and scored a franchise playoff record, 52-yard touchdown run. So he was all sorts of keyed in today, uh, or I should say yesterday. So interesting to see what happens there. We'll go ahead and, and put that off to the side when we talk hey, about the divisional games. Yep. Before we move on from that, I want your take on it because most people around here are pretty biased, even with the Patriots not being in it towards Josh Allen. Did yep. you think that was a fake slide on that run? A, a fake slide? Yeah. Have you not seen this going around Twitter? Uh-huh. 
Yeah. People are, di- uh, people are dissecting that video. They think they think that he tried to sell the slide and then kept going. I think I think the Steelers just just took their foot off the gas. I, I didn't personally yeah, think it was a no, fake slide, but I I can't talk to anybody around here because they're all <laughs> butthurt Patriots fans who are. No, I, who are I didn't mad even it. it didn't even it didn't even enter my mind that it was a fake slide, honestly, um, until social media made a big deal out of it. There's no there's no way that was a fake slide. That, that was, that's just my take on it. Um, Same way I felt too. I couldn't even believe it was a thing. And I, when I saw someone posting that, what are you talking about? I watched a replay and like, he hesitates, but he doesn't. He never bows. He never dips. Like that is yeah. far cry from what Kenny Pickett did uh, back in college, which was egregious and should be out of the game. But what, what Josh right. Allen did there was fine. I think a lot of a lot of people tend to uh, hold up a little bit when they get near uh, running quarterback. I mean, we saw this with Patrick Mahomes um, during that. With the Dolphins, I mean, they when he was when he took off, the Dolphins gave him about four or five yards, and they just tried to use get, get near him to make him run out of bounds. They nobody wanted to tackle him. I think there is a little bit of fear there that they're going to get called, but this is this was not anything that Josh Allen did. You know, this is certainly a Steelers defense issue, not a Josh Allen issue. All right, let's get on to the uh, next last game of the Wild Card Weekend, so we can get to those divisional playoff games real quick, and that is the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Man, this was a blowout. Uh, I knew the Buccaneers. I thought the Buccaneers would win this one. I didn't think they'd win it by this much, 32 to nine. What are your takeaway for this game? Like Other than Nick Sirianni is a is a buffoon, because I know that's <laughs> goodbye, jackass. See you later, Nick. <laughs> See you later. And you know what? This was so, which is so annoying. His press conference was so docile, and he showed so much contrition in that in that in that post game press conference last night, like. Yeah, too little, too late, jerk. Uh, because, you know, I also <laughs> forgot about the uh, – in my rant last weekend, uh, you know, somebody sent this to me yesterday. I completely forgot about the whole slagging off Pete Carroll thing earlier this year. I mean, it's just like yeah. he's no decorum, no way to carry himself, and his team embodied that last night. And why did the Eagles lose that game last night? Because they didn't want to tackle. That's bad football. What does bad yeah. football come back to? Bad coaching. you got a team – in the playoffs, not tackling people. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That's it's Matt Patricia, horrendous. though. I mean, Matt Patricia like, is a terrible defensive coordinator. I'm just sorry. I mean, he is, but he also got thrown into that position, uh, you know, six, seven weeks ago in the middle of the season because there was already problems. He just wasn't ever going to be the answer. That's true. The whole thing, yeah. the whole thing is a mess, which, by the way, and I'm no Matt Patricia fan, as we all know, but yeah, good on that man. He was looking a little, he's looking lean out there last night. I don't know what, what he's on, <laughs> if he's on uh, some. Some, some medicine or awaken one. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, it's epic. That's what I was trying to think. Of. I don't know if we're allowed to plug it, but you know, but, uh, you know, I don't know what Matt, Matty T's doing, but I looked, I was like, oh, look at you, bud. Look good for you. He's looking smell. Um, no, uh, but, but, you yeah, know, but his defense, however, <laughs> did, did, did not, not look so good. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, it was just like, I mean, the first touchdown on down, it was like multiple times where like, I'm like, that play's dead. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's well, it's that Dow. Oh, no, it's that Dow. He's in the end zone? Like, what yeah, are like, doing? How did he doing? Like, how did they not tackle <laughs> That first touchdown was like, and they weren't even like broken tackles. It was just like, guys just not, I mean, again, uh, it might have been Albert Breer. Terrible, yeah. Somebody tweeted out very early and was like, you, like the, the, the Eagles don't even look like they want to be here. And, and you can yeah. see that. And again, people start recognizing patterns, okay? The 20, and I know I'm close to one of these, but the 2019 Patriots started out 10-1. The 2021 Steelers started out 11-0. This Eagles team started out 10-1. They all shit the bed down the stretch. This is not the NBA where you can just flip that switch when you have a nice veteran team because talent just wins in that league, right? You know, above all else. Like, 
you can't go one and five down the stretch and then go on a run. It doesn't happen. And so no. if anyone who was surprised by the Eagles losing last night, shame on you. You weren't paying attention. You weren't yes, paying I attention agree. to everything that's happened from, again, all the incidents I talked about last week with um, the, the – uh, uh, with 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 Sirianni and his misbehavior to the yeah. to the the, the freaking bodyguard on the sideline getting in Greenlaw's Tom. face during that game six weeks ago. <laughs> Tom the bodyguard, you know, <laughs> right? To to all this stuff. To again, you saw early last night. I mean, Dallas Goddard going after Jalen Hurts on the bench, like the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that was interesting. So I don't think the Bucks are. I, I think the Bucks are lambs for slaughter going to Detroit. I know Detroit. We said earlier is and we'll get on that. So like, I don't want to do too much on the Bucks because I just think that this is more. Great on Baker Mayfield. I think we said this last week. He can yeah. just come out and just be on some days, and he was last night. He was. Although, he was on. Uh, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Mike Williams is not, not not Mike Williams. Why can't I? Mike, oh, Evans. Mike Evans. Get on my mic. Mike Evans. Thank you. Yeah, I can't get through that when you start when you get it confused there. Mike Evans uh, yeah. was not on last night, but no, uh, he but, was. But, Mr. But Baker came out. <laughs> yeah, Baker came out ready to go. That happens when he's on that mood. Maybe we should have known. I saw people tweeting about this. We should have known when he was sniffing uh, the smelling salts walking out the tunnel uh, to start the game that, that he was going to have one of those nights, woke up feeling dangerous, all that. But, like, this is more about the Eagles and their their uh, incompetence and the end of this iteration of this group and their run. Um, and and so, uh, you know, I think I think they got what they deserved. I think they need Giuliani. Um, and I think that, they, you know, perfect storm is that Baker was who Baker can be. Uh, at times last night. Yeah, the defense was absolutely to blame for a lot of it. I mean, obviously the offense was out of sync as well. No A.J. Brown, obviously, was really hurt them. But um, they, that defense was the second worst in the NFL, and then they had, their, they had more injuries in the back there. So they were horrible. I, at one point, I thought two of their safeties take each other out in coverage. So, I mean, clearly they did not know what was happening on the field. And some of those offensive plays that were being called were nonsense. I mean, they had plays where they had two, three receivers in the same area. I, I didn't understand what they were trying to accomplish with that. I mean, not, they're, not only are they confusing the receivers, they're also confusing Jalen Hurts, and they're making sure they maximize the chance they're covered. I, I just don't understand what they were doing. So, anyway. And there was a third and one early in the game where they ran four verts. They yeah. Third and one, they ran four verts. It's like, what, do you, like, what, who's call, what are you doing? Who's calling you? So, both the coordinators, the head coach, the whole thing, the last thing, I know I'm not one of these people that that's getting on Jalen Hurts and saying because I think it's I think it's stupid. Like, was he as good as he was last year? Probably not. But can he still be uh, I think he a can. Super Bowl yeah. winning quarterback? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he can consistently be as great as he was last year and earlier this year. But I think he can be 90% of that. The one question I do have about him on the backside of this was that pregame interview where he was where he was going on about the middle finger and maybe this is the New England Patriot Tom Brady Bill Belichick thing in me where I'm like don't talk about that stuff but yeah. I want my quarterback to get that question and go hey I appreciate the question with all due respect I'm excited to go out there and battle we got a chance to go back to the Super Bowl this year we're going to go out here and fight ball about do all that as opposed to like telling you how he, how it looked and how it felt and how it's frustrating I can't grip the ball I'm like this yeah. they played this as like as like on the first Eagles you know, thing it was a pregame thing, obviously. But I'm like, dude, you gotta stop. You gotta sit there and say, I'm not talking about that. Who cares? We're all hurt. It's football. We're right. ready to go. Right. And so right. it was like he had a built-in excuse because I feel like he knew the writing on the wall was that they'd suck for uh, you know a month plus, and he knew they were gonna lose. So he's like, well, I'm gonna get out ahead of this and start talking about my finger. Didn't love. Right, that. right, right. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I agree with that. All right. Well, let's get on 
to the last topic here. And we are down to our last 10 minutes, so we're going to go ahead and blast through these. We'll, we're going to talk about the divisional playoff games. And what we'll do is I'm going to get your one takeaway here, like thing to watch for the game, and we're going to give each of our predictions on each of these games. Let's start with the 4.30 p.m. Saturday, January 20th game between the Texans and the Baltimore Ravens at M&T Bank Stadium. That has an over-under of 43.5, the spread right now. Baltimore favored by 7.5. What do you think here? What are your, what's your one thing you're looking at with this Texans at Ravens game? And give us your prediction on the game. It's the quarterbacks. You know, yeah. everything that Lamar has not been in the postseason is everything C.J. Stroud was last weekend. Um, we need to see Lamar be able to do this on a playoff run. He needs to have that moment. Um, and it feels like it's set up for him now more than ever. Uh, they have home field. They don't have to go to Arrowhead. They got, you know, upstart Texans, but there's a talent gap between the Texans and the Ravens. This is, yeah. this is his time yeah. to go out there, prove it, shut them down. So I won't dumb every game down to the quarterback first quarterback, but in this one, it's a hundred percent. Like that's what I'm watching is uh, again, in one playoff game, I've seen more postseason play or, and capability out of CJ Stroud than I've ever seen out of Lamar. Um, so I'm watching to see if Lamar can, can do that. Uh, and if CJ can replicate it, and, and I and I, I hope it's a, I'm, I'm hoping it's like a, I'm hoping they both go off and we get just a really entertaining shootout with all that speed and, and great quarterback play out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say one thing about this, and that is the Baltimore Ravens defense will be the big wild card here. Uh, they have been absolutely uh, really, really good. I won't say dominant, but really, really good in the regular season. They've le- they've allowed the least points per game of any defense in the league at just 16.5 the sixth best passing defense in the league as well. And also they have the best turnover differential in the league at plus 12. So Baltimore Ravens, that could be the difference here between the Texans at the Ravens. What's your pick here between the Texans and Ravens? Uh, I want to say Texans, but I got to take the Ravens in this one. I think they'll eventually squeak it out. I don't think they cover. I, again, I, I like a nice shootout. I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling a 34-31 type win for the Ravens. Okay, all right. And I also have the Ravens winning. Uh, I I hope it is going to be more entertaining, but I do think the Ravens' defense will step up at home. All right, let's get to the next game. This is going to be interesting because it's the Packers at the 49ers. Can the Packers be the giant killer one more time? 8.15 p.m. on Saturday, January 20th. The over-under at 50.5. San Francisco is favored by 8.5. Remember that Dallas was favored by 7.5 last week. What do you think here? What are you looking at between the Packers and 49ers? Yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, for all the nice stuff about the Packers last week, uh, about their, their <laughs> win this last weekend, I think the Cowboys were uh, very complicit in that. Um, I know I picked against the Packers last week, so maybe they'll make me eat crow again. Um, <laughs> I think the 49ers win this one pretty soundly. And I think I think the Packers can walk away from the season and say we're, we were a year early. Now we get yeah. to build up from here. Yeah, Great. I just don't think – I don't think we're we're heading towards a, a you know uh, uh, another another upset here. I think that that the Forty Nine seems too well rounded. They do too many things um, well, and and I just think I, I don't think it's relatively close in this one. However, you know if, if Jordan Love and Jair are, are in their bag like they were last weekend, I guess anything's possible. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and and I will just say this though, I'll say this. I agree with you. The San Francisco 49ers, most well-rounded team in the NFL. In terms of offense, fourth best passing, third best rushing, third best in terms of scoring offense. Um, in terms of defense, they allow the third least points in the NFL. 
and again, tied for fifth best in terms of turnover differential. Now, the one big deal here, though, is that the Green Bay Packers are 28th against the run on defense. And guess who plays for the San Francisco 49ers? It's Christian McCaffrey. That's going to blow the door right open here, I think, for the 49ers. Uh, I take it your pick is the 49ers or the Packers? Yeah, you didn't give me a chance to guess. I thought you were going to say Garrison Hurst was running the ball for the 49ers. But no, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, 49ers, 49ers uh, by, by 10. Yeah, I think the 49ers will uh, win and cover the spread, which is currently 8.5. Let's get to the next game. That's Buccaneers at the Lions. I think you already kind of previewed this a little bit, but Sunday, January 21st, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, this will be uh, an over-under of 48.5. The spread is Detroit by 6.5. What are your thoughts here? What are you looking for in the Buccaneers and Lions? You know, uh, this this is one that the Lions should this will this will tell me a lot going into you know what's going to be uh, no pun intended a Lions then if they get through this game and, and the Forty Nineers win like I think they will. Um, right. I, I kind of again the Lions I thought looked really impressive there for a while, uh, and the uh, but they but that, that that second half where they let the Rams back in, uh, yeah. you just see a little more killer instinct out of them this weekend. So that's what I'm looking for because I don't think the Bucks are a real threat. Now, the Bucs are, are interesting, as much as I say, I say that, because there was this this energy they played with, and I know that's yeah. not a stat-based thing, but there was this looseness. Uh, the secondary particularly uh, uh, just looked uh, different last weekend. Uh, for, oh, yeah. Or, uh, I guess last night for the Bucs. Um, and, the, and then the young kids on the offensive side, uh, you know, and if, and if Mike Evans doesn't lay a dud, he can, can contribute. Um, yeah. then, you know, who knows? But if the Lions get a real shot of going on to the Super Bowl, what I'm looking for really is for them to come out, get a lead, hold the lead, and, and, put, and put the Buccaneers to bed and win this something like 30 to 21, 30 to 17, somewhere in that range. And I, and I think they ultimately do unless they get in their own way again. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And it's really interesting because it does depend on what Buccaneers team shows up. Because remember, in Week 18, the Buccaneers ended up beating the Carolina Panthers nine to zero where <laughs> Baker Mayfield had 137 yards and zero touchdowns against the, against the uh, Eagles, 337 yards and, and three touchdowns. So that, so that there's a huge difference here. Obviously there's a problem. Um, we don't see, con- I think there's some consistency issues there. And again, the big, big thing that's going to really stand out here for me is that the Detroit lions have the second best passing offense in the NFL and the Buccaneers have the, 29th best passing defense. So, in other words, the third worst passing defense. I think this is going to be a field day for Jared Goff, Amon Ross, Sam Brown, Sam Laporta, and uh, Josh Reynolds, everybody, Jameson Williams, everybody on that Lions offensive side. Maybe Jameer Gibbs probably will get a passing touchdown too. So, yeah, Lions for me as well. Last game of the divisional playoffs, that is the Chiefs at the Bills. That's right, the Chiefs at the Bills, not the Bills at the Chiefs. And that will be 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, the current over-under, 45.5. Buffalo favored by three, but they're the home team, so that basically is a pick em. What do you think here? What are you looking for, Chiefs and Bills? I'm far from the first one to make this joke for those of our listeners that live on Twitter. But uh, first and foremost is, unfortunately, this game is on CBS, so i got to listen to, to the Romo tongue back. <laughs> of uh, Josh Allen and, and, and Patrick Mahomes the entire game. So that's going to be brutal. Um, outside of that, I mean, again, the question everyone's asking uh, or the thing everyone wants to see, right? Mahomes 
has never had to play a road playoff game. Uh, yeah. And can he win? I would argue, however, that that Super Bowl uh, that he lost to the Bucks was in Tampa. And there was a pretty mm-hmm. pro Tampa crowd that night, and he and they did not look very good. So um, I think that'll be interesting to see now in a real, true road environment how he and they perform that. Um, but I think ultimately, I think the Bills play the dragon, move on uh, for a showdown uh, with the Ravens. Uh, I think it'll be close, but I think I think they they edge them out with 27-24, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the I think the Bills are actually will take this based on one thing alone, and that's their ability to run the game, run the ball on the ground. Not just not just James Cooks, who's actually really come on, but Josh Allen as well. Obviously, a major issue here. They have the seventh best rushing offense based behind those two guys and the Chiefs' vulnerability. They allow 113.2 rushing yards per game. They are um, they're basically in the bottom half of the league. So. I think that's where it's going to come to pass, and we'll see what happens. The other big stat I'll throw out there, though, is that the Bills um, have a plus-two turnover differential, while the Chiefs have a minus-11 turnover differential. One mistake can be the difference in this game. And that brings us to the end of our podcast. That's all the time we have in our super action-packed, super-long podcast, super-sized overtime, whatever you want to call it. Hey, Ryan, what's your uh, social media so people can follow you? At Brian Whitfield, N-E-R-I-P to Nick Seriani. <laughs> and it keeps changing because of Nick Seriani. I can't wait until he finally sees the act. We'll see what happens in the offseason there. Thank you, everyone, for signing in here and uh, wasting time with us. Again, just we are brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Also brought to you by BetUS. Receive 125% sportsbook bonus upon initial deposit. Use the link in the podcast description to get this special offer. You can find me at FC Garbage Time on Twitter slash X. You can find me on the Facebook page for Football Garbage Time. Thank you for listening. And until next time, enjoy your NFL weekend as divisional playoffs.